My name is Robert Morrison, and this is the Things That Matter To Me podcast. Uh, this is episode number eight, um, and we're continuing the conversation uh, that we've been having uh, over the last couple of weeks um, regarding sports and why they matter. Uh, so the last a couple of weeks ago, we talked um, about soccer and my story and how I came to become a soccer fan. Um, and then we talked to a friend of mine, uh, Andy Jessup, who is an Englishman, and talked about England uh, soccer from his point of view. And we'll probably uh, we might actually be bringing him back here pretty soon uh, to talk more about uh, soccer from various perspectives. But uh, today we're going to look at things from a, a different point of view, from a different sport altogether, and that is take a look at baseball and talk specifically about how I became a fan of the Chicago Cubs. One of the things that I mentioned about Everton when I talked about them uh, a couple of weeks ago was specifically to say uh, that uh, one of the things that drew me to Everton in the first place was the fact that I didn't feel like I was jumping on a bandwagon, that they hadn't won any major trophies lately, uh, really any trophies of any kind. And so it didn't feel like I was you know, jumping on like, oh, this team is really popular um, like I would, would, would have with other uh, soccer teams. Um, I can't, however, say that that is the case necessarily with the Cubs. Um, and it was just sort of interesting timing uh, because the year that I sort of jumped, the, the year that I jumped on the, on the Cubs uh, as a fan was immediately after they won their first World Series in 108 years. Um, Literally, I could have jumped on on the on the the bandwagon, as it were, at any point throughout my entire life, and it would have been less 
and it would have seemed less like I was jumping on the quote-unquote bandwagon in the way that we generally use that term, the pejorative sort of way of like, oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon because they're good. Um, and granted, that has made it easier. But it's interesting to note that uh, the Cubs connection actually goes uh, way further than, than that and even way further than I can than I recalled initially upon sort of taking on the mantle. So um, the direct input is is pretty simple. Um, I married into a Chicago family. My uh, in-laws are both uh, from a small town outside of Chicago. Um, uh, on my father-in-law's side, uh, it's pretty much a Cubs family. My, my mother-in-law grew up a, in a White House, a White Sox fan, a White Sox house. Um, in fact, she just was telling a story very recently about how um, her father not only was a White Sox fan, but actually hated the Cubs because his father was a Cubs fan and had made him like their entire lives basically revolved around listening to Cubs games on the radio and all that stuff. And so he sort of went the other way to sort of fight against that, I guess. Um, I, however, came by it a little bit more naturally. So in that particular case, um, so we uh, were dating uh, in in 2016 during the playoffs, and we had gone up to the town that they're from, which is Sycamore, which is outside of Chicago, about an hour or so, 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how you're getting there, um, uh, east or west of Chicago, sorry. Um, east of Chicago would be in the river or in the lake, so that would be bad. Uh, yeah, it's west of Chicago. So we're out there. We're hanging out. It was um, late October and that it was when the World Series was was getting started. Um, and so we we were out there. I want to say for I couldn't I couldn't tell you for sure what games it, it was. Maybe games three and four uh, or maybe two and three, something like that uh, for some some of the games. Uh, so the series started for those of you who are who don't remember the Cubs were playing the Cleveland Indians, which was also a, a bit of because other than the Cubs, the Cleveland Indians had the longest uh, World Series drought of any team in in baseball, eighty four, eighty five years, something like that. Um, and so it was a very interesting uh, thing in that regard. Um, the two teams with the longest droughts were playing each other, so somebody was going to be disappointed, right? Um, so the Cubs lost Game One in pretty. Uh, Poor fashion. They lost six nothing. They came back and won game two five to one, um, and then lost game three one nothing and game four seven to two. So somewhere in that time frame, I couldn't I couldn't exactly tell you when it was, but I think it was either games two and three, or three and four. We were there, so uh, we would turn the games on, we'd watch them, and it was very cool to kind of be a part of it. It, you know, it must have been at least game three because I remember specifically we were watching games happening in Chicago, and I thought to myself, hey, that's really cool that this is happening like really close to where we are, um, and so it was something in that time frame. But anyway, uh, so what happened uh, was I watched that, um, and we went home, and I remember kind of paying attention to the last uh, couple of games, and then I was at my in-law's house on game seven on November 2nd when they won the game. Um, won the game uh, eight, the final game eight seven in Cleveland in, in ten innings. Here's the one. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series. Bryant makes the play. It's over, and the Cubs have finally won it all. Eight 
with a uh, lot of things that were going on. I've since read a lot about it, but um, it's it's kind of a fascinating uh, story. There's lots of books that have been written about it, as you imagine, when a team breaks a 108-year uh, <laughs> World Series drought. Uh, a lot of people are writing in response to it, both in terms of uh, from a personal perspective, but also from a more journalistic perspective. So I've written, read a lot of books about it in the time in the over the last couple of years. But anyway, so that's the direct thing that happened there. So I decided when they won the World Series that hey, I'm a part of this uh, this family. So you know, I didn't really have a baseball team that I was following at that point. Um, so I was like, I'll, I'll jump on on this thing now. Again, the timing of it wasn't great. And on some level, it probably <laughs> would have been better for my own personal standing to be able to say, oh yeah, I didn't jump on just because they won the World Series. And although I didn't just because they won the World Series, that was one of the reasons it happened to be uh, to lock up with that time frame. Uh, but they won the World Series um, and it was a fantastic moment. And I remember actually, for some reason, I remember sitting in my in-laws living room by myself because everybody else had gone to bed um, and I watched the end of the game and that was sort of how that went. Uh, from there, uh, we went back to um, to Chicago, uh, to the Chicago area. So that was in October of that year. We went back to the Chicago area the, the following spring um, and uh, one of the things that I said, we were going up for a family graduation or something and one of the things that I said to my then fiance, now my wife, as I said, Okay, if I'd like, I'm okay going, but I'd really like to go into the city for a day and then go to a, a Cubs game if we can do it. So I looked it up and we found and we uh, found uh, some tickets. It was for a, a, an evening game at the end of May, um, I think over Memorial Day weekend. It was the strangest weather I've ever seen in my life. Um, during the day, it was pretty nice uh, as we were walking around Chicago, checking out a couple of things. Had some. Had some uh, deep dish pizza and that sort of thing. Um, but then we went to Wrigley and on, on the north side of, of Chicago. And as the sun started to go down sort of, you know, late in the day um, and the wind coming in, the, the lake, the lakefront winds, as are uh, pretty well known um, to Chicago people, but not to me. Um, I remember uh, my wife's aunt said, here, you guys are going to need some jackets. And I was... A little confused because I looked up the weather report. It's supposed to be, you know, in the upper 60s, lower 70s during the day, and I was like, hey, and overnight it was only supposed to be in the 50s. I'm like, maybe I'll bring a jacket, but I'm not gonna be that cold. It was probably the coldest that I've ever been in May before in my entire life. Um, not only did the temperature dip down into the, I want to say the upper 40s, but the wind was coming in so strong that it felt that it was freezing. It was literally freezing. Um, there weren't many people there that night, I think, for, because the weather was a little bit uh, not so great. But we saw the Cubs pull off a victory, um, my first time to Wrigley over the San Francisco Giants. A good one between the Cubs and the Giants at Wrigley. Pick it up, bottom two. Cubs down one nothing, leading off the frame. Anthony Rizzo, the laser beam off Matt Moore. This one gets out in a hurry. Game tying solo shot, and we're even at one. Let's go bottom four. Cubs now trail 2-1, and once again, Rizzo to the rescue. First multi-homer game of the season for Rizzo. Now 3-2 Cubs, bottom seven, two men aboard, Javier Baez. George Contos throws errantly. Run comes in on the E1. Cubs would build a 5-2 lead, top nine, until Wade Davis gives up a home run for the first time since September of 2015. Mac Williamson does the honors. A two-run shot makes it 5-4, but later in the inning, with the tying one at second, 
Davis gets a borderline cold third strike on Joe Panic. Bruce Bochy in disagreement. Cubs hang on for the 5-4 win. The two-run shot by Williamson snapped the streak of 19 straight solo home runs by the Giants. It'll be Eddie Butler facing Jeff Samarja on Thursday. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely in on this, and I definitely want to follow this along. So that's sort of the, the first connection there, um, or sort of the main connection there, but it's not really my first connection with the Cubs um, as a uh, visual, as a person sort of watching them and paying attention. When I was young, uh, growing up in Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, um, one of the things that uh, was true uh, during that time, so uh, this was probably early early and mid-90s, something in that time frame. We lived, uh, we moved to Virginia in 1990. So it would have been the early 90s, mid-90s, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, so one of the things that uh, the Cubs are famous for is uh, the WGN network, which is where a lot of their games now are shown. They've At the time, I think it was mostly shown on WGN, if not completely. Um, and one of the interesting things about that is that other than uh, sort of nationally televised baseball games, which were, which is something that I wasn't really aware of at that particular point and how that worked. I could tell you more about how that works now. Um, WGN, for some reason that I cannot explain and do not understand, um, was broadcast in Virginia. I don't know why. Uh, we also uh, got, um, I think, Atlanta Braves games through WGN as well. Uh, or something along those lines. I don't remember the details specifically. But I know that at home, pretty much all the time, I could watch Cubs games and I could watch Braves games. And I and I sort of paid, paid attention to that. So I'd turn it on. Um, especially I remember when I was in middle school, I was homeschooled for two years. And so there's some time to sort of, more time to, to watch things on television that I might have had. So I do remember a, a, a fair amount of time watching Cubs games with those teams in the mid-90s with like Mark Grace and that sort of group of people. Um, and while I would not have called myself a fan at that particular point, um, it is sort of interesting how that all kind of comes back. Um, and it's it's really uh, cool uh, to, to see that, that cycle and the, and the fact that I grew up not watching them exclusively, not watching them a great deal, but they were a part of my life. And they, and I, there were, so there are things about the Cubs that I kind of know about just from the fact that I watched that, that time frame. So I know people like uh, Mark Grace and, and those other players during that time frame and Sammy Sosa in the early days before he, uh, you know, started cheating and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, so there was, there was certainly a connection there. And then years later, all these years later when I when I make the, the family connection. Um, so in a lot of ways, it makes sense um, in spite of the fact that, yes, it does seem like a bandwagon move to jump in after they won the first World Series that they won in 108 years. Again, I think of that more as uh, timing that didn't quite work out the way that it would have it would have made the more sense for me to be able to kind of hold on to that. But I, I can sort of balance it out with the fact that, you know, my family uh, connections are there and that's, and that still works out. So, um, since then, so that was three seasons ago, I suppose. Um, since then I have found other ways to kind of keep track of what's going on. The nice thing about being a fan of anything in this sort of day and age is that you can follow along with your team no matter where you live. Um, 
it's that's actually going to be a theme that you're going to find with all of my teams. I don't live, except with the exception of, of two teams, I don't live in the neighborhood or the city or around where they play their home games so that I can go see them regularly. Um, that was the case with Everton. Um, it's definitely the case with um, with the Cubs, and it will be the case later on with uh, my football team when we get to that uh, in it here in a few weeks or so. Um, and so it's important to find ways to do that. And one of the other the ways that worked out is um, I happen to have a T-Mobile uh, cell phone plan. Um, and T-Mobile is a major uh, connection, has a, 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 a relationship with Major League Baseball. Um, and so every year, well, so far, I say every year, but it's been two years now, um, I think, two, maybe three uh, seasons, uh, T-Mobile gives away a yearly subscription to all of the people on this. They have this thing called T-Mobile Tuesday, and every year, every Tuesday, they give away things. It's mostly coupons for like 10 cents off a of gas or $4 off of something or something relatively inexpensive or like $20 off a ticket to a really expensive show or something along those lines. So they're usually not giving away a lot, and it's you know, an opportunity for you to buy something you probably wouldn't have bought to begin with. Um, and so that's how they kind of work, make that work. But um, the week before the start of Major League Baseball season, they uh, give away subscriptions to MLB.tv uh, for anyone who signs up. And there are, so far as I can tell, very few to, end, to no restrictions on it. Um, the only major restrictions are blackout ones, and those have to do with your, your location. Um, but basically what it allows me to do is it allows me to watch any Cubs game that is happening anytime I want when it's, when it's on. Um, so I have an app on my Apple TV downstairs in my living room. We have a television in, in our bedroom, and it has an Apple TV – or, sorry, it has a Roku MLB.tv app. Um, I have it on my phone. On my computer, I can pull it up, and I can just basically log into my account and turn the game on, and I can watch it from here. So I can listen to, um, I can even, and then um, I can watch the game uh, with uh, Len Casper and uh, Jim Deshays uh, doing the games. They do it on all the networks that they have down there for the most part. Um, so uh, when they do it on WGN or NBC Sports Chicago or anything like that, you can watch them do it. Uh, the only major sort of big problems, uh, so. My first year, uh, for some reason, uh, where we were living because of the the IP address that we had on our internet, which is how they figure out where you are, um, it wouldn't allow me to watch us, what was it, Reds games, Nationals games, and Braves games, because thought, it thought I was in the Charlotte market, which is not really where we live, um, but it thought I was in Charlotte, and so it blacked out those games. I could watch it on my phone because, for some reason, I guess not being on Wi-Fi or some some connection allowed me to watch those things on my phone, but wouldn't on my computer or on the app because it was pulling that number. When we moved to our new house uh, last year, that wasn't a problem because now our internet IP is connected to uh, the the place where we actually live, and so the only blackouts that I have now are Braves games, which is totally fine because they only play the Braves twice a year, and they're actually already done. They play six games, and so those get blacked out. Um, occasionally I can find them on cable because like we have, uh, Fox sports South and they run all the, the Braves games and that sort of thing. Uh, the only other major problem is when they play nationally televised games, uh, on ESPN or something like that. Um, ESPN is really the only problem. 
because they even because MLB.tv will even broadcast the Fox games on the app. The ESPN is the only one they won't they won't do that. That's blackout restricted as well. But for the most part, I can do that as well. Um, depends depending on where it is. But that's easy to kind of go to a place and be like, all right, I'm gonna turn this on and kind of watch that as it goes along. So that has really helped me keep connected to the team and sort of follow what's going on and drives my wife a little crazy because. We tend to watch a lot of baseball in the evening and sometimes in the afternoon. Like this week, they've been playing um, a lot of day games since the All-Star game, All-Star break uh, got done, which is nice because, uh, you know, the games start around 2.15, 2.20 in the afternoon here. They're usually done by 5 o'clock, so, you know, I can turn on the game and watch it, and then about dinner time or so, it's all done, uh, which is really nice and uh, makes a lot of sense in that regard. The night games are a little harder, um, especially uh the if they go to the west coast um i think they're playing some west coast games early next week those games won't start till nine ten o'clock eastern time that can get a little bit trying um and if it goes into extra innings it's sometimes 12 or one o'clock in the morning before the game is over that's fun um but for the most part i i have not watched every game uh over the last two years or so but i can definitely say that i've watched most games and i think that's kind of cool in a way to be connected to that We've also returned to Wrigley since then. Uh, we went uh, to Chicago for a one-year anniversary trip, and one of the things that we did was went to a uh, an afternoon game uh, between uh, the Cubs and the Detroit Tigers and saw the Cubs uh, make a roaring comeback and win that game, which was fun. Um, I purchased my first uh, baseball jersey at a place in Wrigleyville, one of the joints outside of the stadium saved me a few bucks um it was <laughs> it was interesting the way that i did it because we walked in we got to the game early because they were giving away hawaiian shirts or something i think yeah that was what it was um and <laughs> so we went to show up early but we ended up getting there really early like i expected it to take forever for us to get on the train and from our hotel and da 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 I'm, I'm i tend to be an early person anyway but we got there really early and so we're just wandering around one of the things that i knew i wanted to get was a jersey before we left so we went to all these places. There's all these stores around Wrigley that will sell things for slightly cheaper than you can get inside of the stadium uh, store. Um, you can do a little price shopping. It's not a lot cheaper, but it is a little bit. Um, and the one directly across from the street from the uh, sort of main entrance of the stadium where the, the big marquee is and everything, that, that the iconic uh, sign that's outside of the stadium, there was a place there. And they were giving, they were doing a sale on um, Kyle Schwarber, I want to say Addison Russell, and maybe Ben Zobrist. I don't remember the three. I think it might have been those three. It was at least Schwarber and Russell for sure. And so I'm sort of hemming and hawing, like, I don't know what to do because um, I really wanted somebody else. But I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll do, we'll let. Uh, the game decides. So what I said to my wife was, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to see uh, who's gonna, who, what jersey I'm going to get based on who has the best game um, at whatever that the, that constitutes. I think I said most hits or something like that in the game. Um, and Schwarber ended up having more hits than, than Zobrist or Russell. And so it ended up being a Schwarber jersey that I got, uh, the blue uh, alternate jersey with the, the little C and the Cub walking out of it. I really like it. It's it's a very comfortable shirt to wear, um, and it's been fun. Um, but yeah, so the real question is why any of this matters in the first place. But I talked about um, 
uh, why sports matter a couple of weeks ago. And that's and so a lot of the things that, that apply there apply here. In fact, they all do in one way or another. Um, but I think the big thing here is that it sort of creates a connection um, between uh, relatively new family members for in me. Um, my, uh, my two in-law aunts, I suppose you would call them my, my brother, my father-in-law's sisters are, are big, uh, big fans. Uh, they both live, still live in the, in Sycamore in that area. Um, my father-in-law has some connection to it, but he'll pay more attention later in the season. He sort of, he'll ask me pretty much on a regular, Oh, how the Cubs doing? And so he knows that I'm the one paying attention throughout the season. And so he'll ask me questions about it and I'll, you know, Oh, they're doing this, that, and the other thing. And so once the playoffs start, if they make the playoffs that he'll probably, uh, lock in a little bit more. Um, it was always when, before, when I was kind of iffy about, eh, you know, I don't really follow a, a major league baseball team. That was always my excuse as well. Um, or my reasoning, not necessarily an excuse, but it was always kind of, it's a long season. It's really hard to follow. And I still feel that way sometimes. And, and sometimes the fatigue of following a professional baseball team from game one to game 162 and then into the playoffs, it takes a long time. Um, and it does take a lot of time. And that's why I don't necessarily watch every single game because it's, it's a time consuming operation, but I do sort of pay attention to what's happening, you know, throughout the year and kind of know what's going on. Um, this year has been a little up and down for the for the Cubs, but I think they're they're well on their way to to getting back to the postseason, which would be good a good thing for the team. Um, but yeah, so it does create that that connection to um, to be like, hey, this is something that I am have become a fan of, and I'm really in, I feel invested in in the same way that I do with all of my other sports teams. That sort of pit in the, in my stomach when not something is not going well and the sort of emotion that I feel about the game and the, uh, the sort of, uh, you know, the, the joy of victory and the agony of defeat, that whole thing, uh, connects as well. And that's, that's all there, uh, for the Cubs and it sorts, and it feels, uh, genuine in a lot of ways, even if it doesn't, didn't come naturally in, in over the long term. Um, but, uh, that is one thing that I'll say uh, too. That's really cool, uh, is the fact that um, the one thing that I've noticed, and in, in these sort of my, my final parting words on this, one thing that I've noticed is, and I think it probably has something to do with the WGN thing, um, is the fact that the Cubs fans are are literally everywhere. Um, and when if you in watching all these games, sometimes there's an away game and it feels like a home game. There's so many people there. And there will be times when the Cubs are doing really well, and it's very loud in the building, in the other team's building, and it's just kind of like, that's very interesting. Um, a friend of mine and I uh, went to a Braves game last last season when they were uh, in, when the Cubs were in Atlanta, and we went, and there were Cubs fans everywhere. And the Cubs won the game. They came back in, a, in the late part of, of the game. They weren't doing really well, and they ended up winning. I think it was a really close game, like 2-1 to one or something. But... When they won, it was there were W flags flying all over the place, and uh, people singing and people enjoying themselves. And uh, I think that's really cool to be able to say, "Oh, well, I can go to the game in Atlanta, or I can go to DC, or I can go to one of the other teams that are in the within sort of shorter driving distance." Uh, and I can experience sort of being a part of that crew. And nobody really says to you, "Oh, well, how long have you been a fan?" Um, I think there is a sort of badge of honor to having been a fan for a long period of time because you have the 
those periods of where the team was not good at all or where to having lived through stuff like the um, the 1984 team, which I would have been too young to experience because um, I was born in 1984, or the team in, I think it was 1996 with the Steve Bartman game, uh, <laughs> the unfortunately known as Steve Bartman game, uh, and how they almost got there. Um, although I was reading one of the books recently that was that was about what was happening there. It was like Steve Bartman didn't lose in that game. They fell apart after that happened, uh, which may or may not have been connected to that in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, um, so I didn't I didn't experience all of that, but I do feel like I'm locked in and I'm part of part of the crew. And so I think that is what matters at this particular point is that connection uh, to the team and to the city and uh, those things. And I'm hoping to make it a semi-regular thing where we get out to out to Chicago and out to Wrigley and see the game. Uh, we didn't get to go this summer, uh, and it's not looking like we're going to make it out there this year. But, you know, to kind of make it a regular thing every other year or so, maybe, if not on a regular basis. Um, baseball season tends to work out pretty well for, for me as an educator because it's usually during the summer or during the during parts of the year where I have time where I can go. And so hopefully we'll work that out. But anyway, that is the story of how I became a Chicago Cubs fan. Uh, so, um, as always, you can be sure to check out uh, the Twitter and Instagram pages for the podcast at TTMTMPod. Uh, you can get more information on the podcast. You can also engage in conversation. Tell me why uh, these things or any other thing matters to you. Um, uh, and if you would, uh, please uh, leave a rating. Uh, for us or for me on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts if you just want to leave a rating. The ratings are really helpful as they can help get some uh, people to notice uh, the podcast. So um, rate it on iTunes or wherever it is that you get podcasts or just tell friends and let them know to check it out. Um, you can also email me at things that matter to me pod at gmail.com um, and hopefully we can chat about things and see what you uh, think about various subjects either that we have talked about or that we maybe will talk about, whatever. You can even make suggestions for things that matter to you, and maybe that will kind of lead us into a conversation about things and how they matter to me. Uh, until then, this has been Robert Morrison, and these things matter. Mm -hmm.